Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. If you have your Bibles, open it with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And as you do, say this with me today. I receive the Word of God to profit me, reproof me, instruct me to righteousness that I may become perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. You just quoted 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. While you're turning to Hebrews chapter 11, how many of you noticed the uh, sign on the, on, the, on the screen back here that says divine reversal? You know, we put that up there because we got a prophetic word from Brother Jerry, and that was just one part of it, that we were going to experience some divine reversal. And as I get in my message, you'll understand why I'm sharing this right now, but it's important that we speak what God's speaking. We have to understand that God's word is true. There's integrity in God's word. You know, and you can read through the Bible, or sometimes when you talk to people about scriptures, you know, they look at, does that really mean what it means? Well, absolutely, it really means what it means. And the reason why the word is so important to Vicky and myself is because not only when we turn our lives to the Lord, you know, did God touch us and, and, you know, just fill us with the Holy Spirit, but the word changed me more than anything else. Like, really? That's, that's really in, in the Bible. Now, I grew up and was confirmed a Methodist. My dad was Catholic, and I was confused. And, uh, but, but, but you know, I, I grew up mostly in the Methodist church. And so when I went to this Bible study that was teaching the Word in the Methodist church, and that was kind of unusual, but uh, this gentleman who was teaching it was a Spirit-filled believer, and he was teaching the Word of faith. He was teaching things that... You know, Brother Copeland had been teaching and Kenneth Hagin and E.W. Kenyon and things like that. But basically, he was teaching the Word, you know. And, 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 and I'd come in, i said, what, what does the Bible say about this, you know? And he'd always point me to the Scriptures. The Word says, the Word says, the, what does the Word say? And he'd have me look at it and make a decision right there. Am I going to stand on that? Am I going to believe that? And I'm telling you, the Word of God changed my life. In fact, if you had talked to some people that knew me in high school and some in college, they would tell you I'm not the same person I was when they knew me years ago. You know, we've been, I've been in ministry for 40 years and celebrate, we just celebrated 26 years anniversary of founders and pastor of this great work that God has called us to. Isn't that wonderful? So my wife and I both been in ministry 40 years. You know, that's 80 years of experience. That's not bad, is it? And so anyway, uh, but the Word changed us so much that we still look to the Word of God, you know, for our, our direction, for our instruction. And the Word will change you as you begin to take hold of this Word and begin to apply this Word. The Word of God says here in Hebrews chapter 11, starting with verse 1, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtain a good testimony. And by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The worlds, worlds, do you see that little S after world there? That means he's talking about your world and my world. 
We know that, you know, God created the earth, but he's talking about the worlds. You know, the time that we live in, God created this. For such a time as this, as it says in the book of Esther, God's created you. You know, you're here for such a time as this. You're not here by accident. Tell your neighbor you're not an accident. God plans you to be here for such a time as this, and he's created this world for you. Like I said earlier, this is the day that the Lord has made, and he made it just for you, with you on his mind. You know, you can say, well, what about other people? I don't want to be selfish here. Be selfish. God did it for you. Amen? I mean, you know, if you were the only sinner in the world, Jesus would have died for you. Think about that. That's how much God loved you. Then we look at the scripture, beloved, break it down and be loved by God. Hey, let God pour out who he is on your life. It'll be a testimony of his goodness to those who are around you. Then it says, so for by it the elders attained a good testimony, and by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made which are visible. The Message Bible says, by faith we see the world called into existence by God's word, what we see created by what we don't see. So we don't see words, but words create images on the inside of it. And so we look back at this, and we look at verse 2, and it says, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith? Faith in what? Faith in what God spoke to them. God spoke to Abraham. Abraham, come into a, a, a nation that I'm going to give you and your descendants. Has it happened? Yes, it's happened. Many descendants of Abraham. And God has given that nation called Israel and brought forth a nation so he can show his goodness and show, you know, his his power and his ability through Israel. Israel is the only nation that God has identified and prophesied about. Yeah, he's prophesied about other nations, you know, about maybe they're going to fall or they're going to get a different king. But no, Israel is the light to the world. What kind of light is it? To validate that God's word is true. You know, they're now discovering archaeological evidence of God's existence in Israel 4,000 years ago. If that's not good enough for you, then I don't know what will cause you to believe that God's existence is inevitable and inevitable in our lives. And so how did they obtain a good report? First of all, they heard the word of God. They put themselves in a position to hear the word of God. Many of them didn't have what we call the written word of God at that particular time. So they had to hear what the spirit of God was saying to them. Thankfully, we've got the written word of God. As it says in 2 Timothy, you know, all scripture is inspired by God. All scripture. You know, it's, it's there for a reason. Some of it's there to teach us how to, how to live. Some of it's there to teach us to know the goodness of God, what to expect from God to do for us. Somebody said, well, you never know what God's going to do. I do. It's in the Bible. I know God's going to take care of me. I may not know how he'll take care of me, but I know he will take care of me. He will provide for me. He will protect me. 
He's already provided healing for me. He's already provided all things according to his divine power for me. And as I believe that, you know, and stand on that, that's what you call faith. Faith is trusting the word of God. And so by trusting, first of all, the word of God in faith, faith and believing the word of God go hand in hand. By trusting the word of God, the elders obtain a good report. Say good report. Now, good report means more than just, hey, that was great. No, good report is an outstanding, exceedingly abundantly more than they could expect. More than they could ever dreamed up. That's a good report. A good report is a report that everybody else is talking about. Whoa, did you see that believer over there? My, my goodness, God's blessed them. I mean, you know, when, when they first came to work here, I mean, you know, they could hardly, you know, their car could hardly make it into the parking lot. Now they're driving a brand new car. How, how'd you do that? Well, I'm, I'm investing. Who are you? What are you investing in? I'm investing in a rich Jew from the Middle East. His name is Jesus. What do you mean by that? I'm trusting God's word that says when I bring my tithes into the house of the Lord, that he'll open up a window of heaven and pour out a blessing which I can't contain. What are you trying to say to the person who's looking at you as a testimony? You're trying to say that you've seen the goodness of God in my life? Well, you can have that same goodness if you'll trust the word like I've trusted the word. You know, I'll never forget, you know, and uh, I was beginning to really get hungry for the Lord. I was called into the ministry as a young man, but boy, I ran from it. You know, I didn't know what it looked like. I had nobody to compare myself to. Nobody in my family was in ministry. And I wasn't really made to go to church. I was just introduced to church. So what is this ministry stuff about? And I'll never forget one time I had a bad basketball game and, and played poorly. And I thought, God's punishing me because I won't yield to the calling of God in my life. Well, we know God doesn't work that way. But, you know, that was in the back of my mind. Every time something would go wrong, I'd think, ah, it's probably because I'm not answering that call. I wouldn't tell anybody that. I never told anybody that for a long time. But then when I finally yielded my life back to the Lord, he began to stir that calling in my life. And, you know, it was a big step of faith for me to leave the engineering field. I mean, my life was set. I was working for the construction company that was building Daniels. Daniels Construction Company was now Floral, which was building a nuclear power plant out there in Fulton. And my dad was the superintendent of maintenance. I mean, he was one of the top dogs out there at the power plant working for the, uh, the utility company. So the construction company was paying for my education, and then as soon as I finished my junior year, I was slated to go work for the power company in a co-op position. I mean, it was made. I had my life, I, I mean, it was already set. I mean, and I was doing well as an engineer. But then God spoke to me and said, you know, I have called you into the ministry. And it was a big step of faith, you know. The first job I got in the ministry, you know, uh, you know, I mean, my gosh, my salary was reduced by, you know, almost 75%. And, um, you know, now I'm not even living with my parents. I mean, I have to buy my own groceries and cook my own food. That's where I met my wife. And, uh, you know, 
And so it was a, a real big, big step of faith. But thank God I got a word from the Lord. And obviously by trusting that word and stepping out in that word, I've seen the manifestation of God's word. And so when I began to get hungry for God, you know, and, and going to these Bible studies, somebody sat down with me and showed me in the word of God where tithing was scriptural. You know, and I wanted, boy, after that, I wanted to tithe so bad. I just wanted to. And I thought that I couldn't, you know. So when I'd go to church, I'd give a, a nice offering, but it still wasn't my tithe, you know. And finally, one day, I drew a line in the sand, and I'll never forget, January 1983, I said, from this day forward, 10% of everything that I ever make is going to go to God. And you know, the next week after I tithed, I was still as broke as I was before I started tithing. My debts were still there. Isn't that amazing? Two weeks later, my debts were still there. Three weeks later, my debts were still there. Forty years later, we are extremely blessed. Why? Because the Bible says if you abide in the Word of God, that doesn't mean just do it once. That means to make this a lifestyle. You'll see the Word change your situation into what God has always wanted it to be. And so we see this. By faith, we see the world called into existence. How? Because God spoke it into existence. Ephesians 5.1 says, Now therefore be imitators of God. Huh. What does it mean to be an imitator of God? It means be just like him. You know, when God created man, it tells us there in Genesis chapter 2, he said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. So how did God create the world? Well, being that we're going to do a series called Back to the Basics, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. If someone's saying, dear Lord, I think pastor's going to start with Genesis 1 and end up in Revelations, I might, but not today. Hallelujah. Here in Genesis 1, starting with verse 1, in the beginning, this is how it all started. This is how it all starts. You know, you may say, you know, my life has been not very good up until now. Well, you know what? God can give you a second chance to start all over. In fact, he's not only the God of a second chance, he's the God of as many chances as you need to get things right. I'll never forget, I was failing in an area of my life, and I cried out to God. I said, God, how many times am I going to fail and you forgive me? And I heard the Lord speak to me. He says, as many times as you want to get it right, I'll be there for you. As many times as you need to get it right. See, the desire was to do what was right. And in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So how did light come into existence? God said, light be. In fact, the Message Bible says God spoke light and light appeared. Now, you know, wouldn't that be something if you had that kind of authority in your words? Light, and light happens. You walk into your house, and everything's dark, light, and all of a sudden, the light switches turn on. That'd be pretty powerful, wouldn't it? 
Now, you know, it doesn't work that way. We understand that. But wouldn't it be powerful if every word that you spoke has come to pass? How about that word that you've said, oh, that makes me so sick? Oh, you want that one to come to pass? I'm so sick and tired of, you want that one to come to pass? Aren't you glad that some of the words that you've spoken haven't come to pass? Amen. Amen. But see, as we are more developed to become like God, God can entrust us because he knows we're going to say the right things. As we begin to say the right things, we're going to begin to see those things we're saying come to pass. That's why it's so important we go back to looking at the word of God and the integrity of God's word. You know, God is a God who cannot lie. He doesn't lie. And if he says in his word, it shall come to pass. But the key is for us to get to the place that we know without a shadow of a doubt that whatever God says, it's going to happen for me. It's going to happen for me. Tell your neighbor if it's going to happen to anybody, it's going to happen for me. It's going to happen for God's going to manifest his word in my life. I'm determined to see all that God says in his word to manifest in my life. And that's what it takes to see the word of God manifesting. You've got to believe this is God's word speaking to you. So God said, light, and light appeared. Well, see, now, when God spoke to Jeremiah in the first chapter of Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, well, you know, I see this, I see an almond. He said, well, you've spoken well, Jeremiah, but not only that, I watch over my word to perform it. Now, is God any respect of a person? Of course he's not. So if he's watching over the word that he gave Jeremiah, isn't he watching over the word that he's given you? Isn't he watching over this inspired word to make it come to pass? Sure he is. He's watching over his word for your life. And so if, if God is a God of integrity and his word is a word of integrity, and God said certain promises will come into our lives. You know, the Bible says he loads you daily, loads, blesses, loads you daily with benefits. Not just one, with several benefits. He blesses you on a daily basis. You know, and I, I have a feeling that sometimes we just don't slow down and receive all the blessings and the benefits that he has for us. But if you really believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do, are you going to have a sad day? You know, yes, we have trials and tribulations to overcome, but we're going to see how Jesus overcame the temptations of the enemy by standing and believing on the word of God. You've got something to stand on. As we say in the world, you've got something to go to the bank with. This word will manifest. So it's not a problem with the word manifest, and it's a problem of, you know, a lot of times, do we really believe God means what he says? You know, and sometimes we can say that with head knowledge, but are we living like we really believe what God says he's going to do? Are we trusting like God says he's really going to do what he says he's going to do? You know, now I know there's common sense in some of these things, but you know what? If God has called you to do a thing, God will provide you to fulfill what he's called you to do. You know, just like we were singing that song, and it just really came so vivid to me as we were singing that song, you know. 
uh, I hear the voice of my good shepherd. You know, when Jesus was walking on the water, it was the most inconvenient time for anybody to walk on the water. You know, well, yeah, but he's Jesus. But Peter said, Lord, if that's you, call, call me. Bid me to come. And Jesus said, come. And you know, Peter had to get out of the boat and deal with the rage of what was in the world at that time. Well, we put it in a physical connotation by saying, well, there were waves and the sea was just, you know, uh, in, in uh, big waves and upheaval and waves were hitting waves and causing a spray and all that other stuff. But you know what? All that is a type and shadow of the rage that's going on in the world today. And Jesus is asking us, are we going to stay in a boat and be safe? Are we going to step out and trust him? And Peter, because he had a word from God, stepped out and trusted him. Now, he needed Jesus' help to go all the way. Hello, somebody. Don't we need the help of the Lord to go all the way? We absolutely do. And you know what? I see in that story, I see he really needed help to go back to where he came from. I'm here to tell you, you need the grace of God if you have to go back to where you come from. Amen? Amen. But God said to Peter, come. And Peter said, despite of what's outside this safe boat, I'm going to trust God. Why did he trust God? Because he had a word from the Lord, come. And so when we have that word from the Lord, we can trust that word, regardless of what's going on outside our comfort zone, outside of our elements, outside of what we want to, oh, Jesus, I want you to get me to the place where, you know, I have enough all the time and I can relax. Well, I don't think Jesus wants to get you to the place where you have enough all the time and you can just relax. I think Jesus wants to get you to the place where you use your faith constantly. That you're pressing forward towards that thing. You know, Paul said this. He said, this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind. And I press to attain all. Not that I've apprehended. Paul said, I haven't gotten it all. Have you gotten it all yet? Have you experienced it all yet? Or are you experiencing it all the time, the blessing of the Lord? I'm not there yet. But I'm pressing in because I'm trusting God's word. I will get there. And you say, Pastor, why do you want to see more? Well, because I want to see a new playground for the school. Pastor, why do you want to see more? Because I want to see our, our parking lot uh, re-asphalt and repaved. Pastor, why do you want to see more? Because I want to do an outreach downtown Columbia Amen. and show the goodness of God to the people in our city. Why do you want to see more? Because I want to see God show his goodness to our community. That's why I want to see more, not for me, but for the kingdom of God. And this is why the kingdom of God needs to increase, and he wants you to increase the kingdom of God. Isaiah chapter 55 says this, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven. How many of you know rain still comes down? So if rain still comes down, this, this must be true. How many of you know it still snows in Missouri? Despite of what the climate theorists are saying, it still snows in Missouri. So the rain comes down, snow from heaven, and do not return there, but waters the earth, make it bring forth a bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth. So as long as there's rain, as long as there's snow, as long as there's seed time and harvest, as long as you can put a seed in the ground and see it grow, as long as you see these things going on, it's a promise that God's word goes forth that he spoke. And not only does it go forth, it shall not return to God void. And not only shall it not return to God void, but look at this. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God has sent his word to accomplish a plan and a purpose in your life. That's why it's so important that we stand on God's word. Now, many of you have heard me say this because a few years ago I was praying. It's been over 20 years now. I was praying. And I was thanking God. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Leroy Thompson shared that. God spoke to him and said, make that your confession. I'll never be broke another day in my life. But I want to let you know from that point on to now, I've never been broke, ever been broke another day in my life. Because God doesn't want me broke. You know, it doesn't glorify God not to have enough. It glorifies God to have more than enough. Hello, somebody. But I've never been broke. And one day I was saying that, Lord, I'll never be broke another day in my life. I'll never be broke another day in my life. Well, I know it's God's will for me to prosper and to increase. Praise God for that. But then out of my spirit, I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. I mean, it just popped out. It wasn't premeditated. I mean, it just popped out. And when I said that, you know, I heard the voice of the demonic spirit say, how dare you say that? How can you ever say that? You know you struggle with allergies. You know that you get a cold. What are you going to tell? You're a hypocrite. How dare you say that? You know what I did? I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. Don't tell me I can't do something. That's how my parents always could get me motivated to do something. They'd say, well, I don't think you can do this. I'll prove that to you. Just my makeup. Don't tell me I can't do something. And I said, I'll never be sick another day in my life. I'll never be sick another day in my life. And I'll tell you what, I felt a demonic presence just try to push against me. And I just pushed back because that word was word from God. Amen. Now, pastor, have you been sick? Yes, but it's very unusual for me to get sick. You know, and I believe from this day forward, I'll never be sick another day in my life. And I have gotten sick, but it's very, very, very few times that I've ever gotten sick. Am I telling the truth, sweetheart? Why? Because the word of God doesn't want me sick. I got a word. You mean God told you you'll never be sick? The Bible told me that he sent his word and he healed me. That's where I'm standing on. It's already a done deal. If I really believe 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according to his divine power, he has given me all things that pertain to life. Is healing part of life? Yes. How many of you know that life is a lot better when you're well than when you're sick? Amen. That's part of it. You know, he's given me all. It's already been done. He's already given me a word. I didn't have to get something out of from heaven, you know, to be healed. I got it from the word of God. I stood on that word. I still stand on that word. And I still see the word of God manifest in my life. And so can you. That's how 
powerful the word of God is. And so in Isaiah it says, as long as the rain comes, you know, I believe we had rain yesterday. Does that validate something? Does that tell you something? His word will not return void. But not only will it not return void, but it says here, it says that it will accomplish what he pleases it to accomplish. And it shall prosper. He sent his word to do what? Prosper. Now, let me ask you something. Of all the kingdoms that are out there, there's a plant kingdom and there's an animal kingdom, and of all, all the species in the animal kingdom, what species gets to stand on the word of God and see them prosper? We're the only ones. Why? Because we're a living being. We are a living soul that God breathed into us, his spirit. The Message Bible says it like this. So will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do, and they'll complete the assignment I gave them. How many of you know that God has given you an assignment? Mm -hmm. The Bible says that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. See, he authored what he's put in you. He's already written a book about you. Amen. He already knows what he has in mind for you. He already has a plan, a good plan, Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us. He's got a great plan for you, a plan to prosper, a plan to be an overcomer, a plan to walk in divine health, a plan to see divine reversals if you need that. That's his plan for your life. And he wants to accomplish that assignment. And Philippians 1.6 says, he is able to complete that work he started in you. Now this is what happens a lot of times in Word of Faith churches. And that is that we see God bless us. And we say, oh man, this is nice. You know, God's blessing us, you know. I mean, you know, he's meeting our needs. And, 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 and this is wonderful. And, and we're comfortable. I got a good job. And you know, I've got a beautiful wife, and, uh, you know, I've got a wonderful family, and, and things are good, you know. But God says, well, I'm not finished yet. So don't stop letting God finish what he started. But let God finish what he started in you. Amen. Let God complete that assignment. You know, he's gotten you this far. Can he complete the next assignment? Well, you know, some of the things, Pastor, I want to do is beyond me. Good. I'm so glad to hear you say that. I'm so glad it's beyond you because you can't take credit for it when God brings it to pass. Right. The things that God's put in our hearts is beyond us. You know, I want to build a school. And I want to build a school building. You know, and, and uh, the, the first drawing of the school building that we had drawn over 10 years ago was estimated to be $750,000. Well, we didn't have it then. And now the commercial construction company is telling me that they're charging $450 a square foot. And that's a medium build, which makes that building over $4.5 million to build. Now, we don't have that in the church's savings account yet. 
But you know what? God's capable. He had, he's given us an assignment to raise up a school. Has there been some challenges? A few. There's been a few challenges. But you know what? He's watching over his word to fulfill the assignment. And just like he's doing that for the church and for the school, he's doing that for you. He still has an assignment for you. How many of you like to drop a million dollars and that just be your tithe? I'd be okay with that. Amen. I'd be all right with that. So every word that God has spoken is an assignment from God. And he completes his assignment. He's not that lazy student that says, I'll get to it when I can. Or I'm going to try to sweet talk the teacher and let me not do this assignment. That's what I try to do. And I thought, man, my personality can help me get a better grade. And though it might have helped a little bit in high school when I hit college, it didn't work at all, I'm telling you. But Psalms 107, verse 20 says, he sent his word. He sent his word with the purpose of doing something. And it says in Psalms 107, verse 20, he sent his word and he healed them and he delivered them from their destruction. So his word not only heals you, but it also delivers you from destruction. How does that work? Well, in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was being tempted by the enemy, the Bible says he went out into the wilderness and was tempted 40 days and night by the devil. And the devil came to him and tempted him. How did Jesus defeat him? He said, it is written. It is written. In other words, you know what? Doesn't really say, doesn't really matter what you say, devil. What matters is that what God says. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In other words, life comes. God's life comes from the word of God. Well, it gets even better. Can I go on? So one of the things that happened there is that we see this. When the satyrian brought his servant to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll come heal him. And the satyrian said, well, you're, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. Now, boy, that's another message in itself. Because the satyrian wasn't saying, I don't want you to come under my authority. I want to come under your authority. Here's a man of authority who understood authority. And he also understood the value of God's word. He said, just speak the word and my servant shall be healed. And in verse 16, Matthew 8, verse 16, it says, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all those who were sick. How did he cast out the spirits? How did he heal all those who were sick? With the word. What word did he say? I don't know, but he could have used Psalms 103 that says he healed you of all your diseases. He could have just spoke that over them. I don't know what word he spoke over them. But you know what? He spoke the word because he knew the word of God would not return void. He knew that he was the vessel of God's assignment to carry out that word. Are you God's vessel? Are you God's vessel so God can carry out his assignment through you? When you start believing this word and the integrity of this word, you'll begin to understand that you are God's vessel to carry out the assignment of his word. The word was, was sent, 
and spoken to bring healing. Well, the word's more than that. It's also a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Psalms 118 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. But we're going to see here in a, in a minute how that works because Hebrews 4.12 says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. Have you ever struggled with a decision in your life? Didn't know what to do? So I need a word from God. Oh, I need a word from God. Prophet Vicki, will you give me a word from God? Give me a word from God. Well, I want to tell you something. If she doesn't say anything other than go to the Bible, unless God really gave her something, she's going to be in trouble. You, did I, did I say that right? Okay, all right. You know, you can get your word from the word of God. What does God's word say? You know? Is it some, are there going to be some challenges sometimes to see it manifest? Well, how many of you know it's a challenge to love those who don't love you? That's, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's suffering, to be nice to people who haven't been nice to you. You know, sometimes I think about running into people who weren't nice to me, and I think, ah, I'm going to say this. Yeah, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that. You know, and once in a while my wife will say, you know, what are you thinking? I said, I'm thinking about saying this to so-and-so if I run into them. And she goes, Tom Luther, you won't say that. You're such a kind, gentle, godly man. Why even think about it? Why ruin your day thinking about it? You know? But, you know, and then sure enough, I run into them, you know, and my flesh is suffering. Lord, do I really have to be nice to these people? Yes. Now, that's called suffering for the Lord. A lot of people don't, you know, suffering for the Lord doesn't mean you have to live sick. But sometimes it does take, does, you know, work on the flesh, you know, when you have to, when you're asked to by God. And if you're going to please him, what are you going to do? You're going to obey his word. Amen. Glory to God. But if your confessions is like me, I don't have any enemies. And when you run into somebody who maybe didn't say something nice about you, well, they're not my enemy. Glory to God. Michael, I don't have any enemies. God loves me. Everybody loves me. And if they don't love me, they got a problem. It's not my problem. It's their problem. Moving on. So the word is a lamp on my feet, a light on my path. And you know one of the things that Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5? He said, the lamp or the word is not to be hidden under your bed. It's to be put on a lampstand. What does that mean? That means, you know, come to church, get the word. That's wonderful. But you know what? You need to be demonstrating the word outside of these walls. Because the word is a lamp. It's a light. It's something that's going to attract other people to receive the goodness of God because you're sharing the word. Believing the word will give you answers and directions and guidance. The word will make you free. In John chapter 8, verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, I haven't lost my place. And this isn't a broken record. If you abide 
in my word. You are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Amplified Bible describes it this way. Hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them. Now, it's not a one-time thing. It's a lifestyle. And when you make your lifestyle to live according to the word of God, guess what? You'll know the truth. But then what will the truth do? The truth will reposition you to receive all that God has for you. Glory to God. Isn't that wonderful? I don't know about you, but I'm preaching myself happy. Jesus said in John 4, verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is. Say now is. Must be now if now is. When the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And one of the things Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So if I look at that, I realize that when I'm abiding in the word and living according to the word, I'm worshiping God. I'm worshiping God if I'm abiding in according to this word. Now, abide, again, means to hold fast to in accordance with. If I'm living according to the word, you know what? I don't have anything else but to be free. Be free from what? From everything the enemy would want to put on me. Free from sickness. Free from lack. Free from discouragement. Free from what's going on in this world system. There's a lot of junk going on in this world system, but I'm free from it. It's not affecting me. It's not causing me to change my decision. It's not changing my direction because there's no man and no devil and no government that can stop God's plan for my life because I know the word and the word sets me free. If I told you I'd get to the scripture, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is living, King James says quick, and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, so when we look at this, for those who like some in-depth teaching of God's word, there's three things the word is, living, powerful, and sharper. Okay, there's three things it does. It pierces the division of the soul and the spirit. It also pierces the joints and the marrow. And it's the discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. So it has three things it is, and it has three assignments. Number one, to help you not be led by your emotions To help you not make decisions emotionally. You know, there's times that you shouldn't make major decisions. Number one, if you're emotional or under pressure, or if you're sick or you're ill, you know, and don't make rash decisions. And if you go to the Word, what does the Word say? What does the Word say about this situation? 
You know, there was a time that somebody asked me to be a co-signer. You know, and I, all my, in all my heart, I thought, well, you know, this will work. You know, it's okay. I know this person. Da, 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 da. But the word says don't be a co-signer for anybody. You know? And that's hard when your children come and say, well, you co-sign. No, can't do it. Can't violate the word. We're going to have to trust God's going to do it another way. Can't be a co-signer. But my emotions got all wrapped up into it. Man, I, you know, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can guarantee this loan, da-da-da-da-da, you know, all those things. Because I wanted to help somebody so bad. But the word gave me direction. And thank God I didn't co-sign. But the word living or quick means it's alive. But it's not just alive, it's living. And if it's living, that means it's growing. And so when you put the word of God in you, and this is why I'm so excited about, you know, what the Lord put in my heart, you know, teach on going back to the basics of God's word. Because, you know, if you know this, all this is going to do is strengthen what you've already known. And if you don't know this, it's going to strengthen what you don't know. Because when you don't know what you don't know, you can't grow. But when you know more about it and you get more information about it, it's going to strengthen your position to be able to stand in faith knowing that God's word is true and he will honor his word and he'll perform his word in your life. The word powerful means to give energy. It will energize you. I remember years ago we were doing a... um, a uh, trip to the Grand Canyon and my wife couldn't go. We took the singles to the Grand Canyon as, as a trip and my son went with me and his friend went with me, you know, and so we went down to the rim and went down the Grand Canyon down to the bottom of the canyon in one day and the leader said, hey, there's a bad snowstorm coming. We're going to have to hike out in one day. Well, nobody in this group was in shape, you know, to hike out, you know, and I've got this 12-year-old and you know, and, and uh, his best friend with him, and I've got to hike these guys out. You know, they get about halfway up. You know, I can't carry my pack. So I carry their packs and my pack. And then one of the other single ladies said, I can't carry my pack. So I carried her pack. And I thought I was a Grand Canyon mule for a while. I'm telling you, I thought I was a pack mule. But, you know, I put all that on me. I just said, Lord, I can do all things through Christ strengthens me. I had, to, I had the need of experiencing supernatural energy to walk out of that canyon. And every switchback, I can do all things through Christ. God before me, who can be against me? The word energized me to carry not only my backpack, but three other backpacks out of the canyon and to help get a ranger, to help get other people out of the canyon who couldn't get out for themselves. So the word will energize you. It will give you that strength when you need that extra strength in your life. The expanded Bible says it like this. God's word is alive and working, active, powerful, and effective. And it's sharper than any two double-edged sword. It cuts all the way into us where the soul and the spirit are joined to the center of our joints and bones and it penetrates until it divides even the soul and the spirit and the joint, and the marrow. And it judges, discerns the thoughts, ideas, and feelings, attitudes, intentions in our hearts. The Amplified Bible says it like this. For the word of God 
speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the immortal spirit. And the joints and the marrow of our deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purpose of the heart. Now, the word sharper, it means to be keen. How many of you know that sometimes all of a sudden you are keen? You're, you're really just focused in on something. You know, the Word of God will help you really get focused in on something, keep you sharp. How many of you sometimes in your job you have to be sharp to do some things? Well, the Word of God will do that for you. I'm sharp. You know, I, I'm keen. I have a, a good sense of knowing what I'm supposed to be knowing here and begin to confess that over yourself. Well, we know in Luke chapter 4, how did Jesus defeat the enemy? See, the word of God is powerful and sharper. The word of God is like a sword. In fact, the word of God tells us it is a sword. And that sword's not to be used on other believers. That sword's to be used on the enemy, to defeat the enemy. And how did Jesus defeat the enemy? By saying, it is written. And after he defeated the enemy with the word of God, the Bible says, then he returned in the power of the Spirit. You know, I really believe there's a correlation of standing on the Word of God and experiencing the power of God's Spirit in your life. As you begin to stand on God's Word, declaring God's Word, proclaiming God's Word, speaking God's Word, using God's Word as a weapon in your life, believing God's Word and receiving God's Word, you're going to be walking in the power of the Spirit of God. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, and this is where I'm probably going to have to stop and pick up next week. But it says, there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. And so we're going to see in the scripture that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so what we're going to see in the scripture next week as we share on the integrity of God's word, we're going to see as we begin to speak the word of God, God uses the very spirit, his spirit that's inside of us to manifest that word in our presence. Isn't that powerful? Why? Because when we speak the word, we're literally releasing the spirit of God into that situation. And where God is, the devil doesn't want to stay. You want to get the devil out of your life? You want to get the devil out of your house? You want to get the devil out of the situation? Speak the word of God. I'll close with this. There was a time that we had one of our children that was rebellious. And so every time that child was rebellious, I'd speak the word of God. I'd say, the word says, the word says, the word says. One time in their rebellious act, they said, and don't speak the word. Because <laughs> every time I spoke the word, they would conform to it. It was like something just took control, you know, and broke that rebellion. You know, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities and weaknesses in high places. You don't have to quote the reference scriptures, the reference to the scriptures that you're believing, 
But as you begin to speak the word of God, yes, I believe, you know, I'm going to walk in divine health. You know, when people are talking about what's going on around, you know the flu's going around. Well, let it go around. It doesn't have to land here. You know, I'm not created to get those things. You know, I'm created to overcome those things. You know, well, well, what do you think about what's going on and such and such? Well, I believe God's got the answer to that. I'm not going to worry about it. Or I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Is that scriptural? He gives his beloved rest. Yes. Amen. I'm not, you know, cast all your cares onto him for he cares for you. Yeah, there's nothing I can do about it. Number one, I don't know if it's true. You know, I don't believe what the media says. You know, the only time I know when the media is lying is when I listen to them. I just, if I can't prove it, well, you know what scientists say? Well, I don't have a lab. I can't validate what scientists are saying. It comes to the point that I'm not going to listen to their fear. I'm going to listen to the word of God. Why? Because it's true. God's word is true. And he watches over his word. As long as we experience rain, as long as there's seed time and harvest, God's word will not return void. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.